The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide, toll-free. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is author L.D. Thompson. He's spent more than 25 years exploring the mind-body-spirit connection. L.D. is a life-purpose counselor, inspirational speaker, filmmaker, and social and political activist. His new book, The Message, A Guide to Being Human, is about how to create lives of passion and purpose by following our soul's curriculum. Now you can learn more at www.divineartsmedia.com and uh, you can also visit LD's website at ldthompson.com. Uh, LD, first of all, welcome to the X-Zone. And what's the soul curriculum and how can people learn from it? That's a very good question. And I would say that the very simplest way for individuals to understand their soul's curriculum is for them to begin to identify the difference mm -hmm. between the profound and simple urgings of the soul as opposed to the very complex and, I would say, stressed out urgings of the altered ego, what I call the altered ego. And if I may just take a moment and explain the difference, the Please altered do. ego is the part of ourselves that develops in relationship to the context that we are born into. And so all of our doubts, worries, fears, insecurities, mm -hmm. those things that are based in time or in linear thought, that's the altered ego's voice, so to speak. Whereas the soul, which is immortal and which is profoundly wise, it has a very simple and deep resonance that leads us and guides us and can make our life so joyous and simple if we will simply follow its urgings and align ourselves with its values. 
I believe, LD, that life is very simple. We humans complicate it. I would agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I think that that's, uh, that's quite true. Um, I think, in particular, people complicate their lives by being unable yeah. to identify when they are dwelling almost exclusively in the past or almost exclusively in the future. And most of the things that we dwell on, I mean, I'll speak from experience, most of the things that I get caught up into, really, if I will just simply bring myself back to the present moment and fully inhabit that and fully listen to the deeper wisdom that's inside of me, everything else sorts itself out. So basically, all we have to do is go back to nature, start for over again, and let our let our souls and our beings and our mind, body, spirit reboot and take us from point one again? That is probably easier said than done. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> but, but in fact, yes, I think that you know, what you've just said, I mean, you, if you think about um, a wild animal or even a domesticated animal, they live so much in the present moment, mm-hmm. and their lives, you know, I think about people who have pets, and those pets bring them so much joy. That is so true. And it's because from their complex life and the, the lens that they look through to the life of that animal, they're inspired by the animal because the animal is so straightforward, honest, and honest with themselves, and if they are uncomfortable, they know it. All right, LD, and please stand by. I've got to take a commercial break. LD, I have to take a break here. We'll be back in two minutes. Exo Nation, LD Thompson is our guest. DivineArtsMedia.com and LDThompson.com. We'll be back on the other side of this two-minute break. Don't go away. Thompson is our special guest, divineartsmedia.com and www.ldthompson.com. He is the author of a book, a new book entitled, The Message, A Guide to Being Human. Now, LD, how are our electronic communications devices affecting us and why is it important to set limits on how long we use them or allow our kids to use them? You know, the thing about electronic devices is that they are... They've been created for us to be able to have a better quality of life. Mm -hmm. 
Yet what I'm finding with so many people, particularly clients that I work with, their lives have become very uh, cluttered. And they're cluttered with extraneous communications and the instantaneity, if you will, of being able to, to actually know any information at the drop of a keystroke. Now, that's great. Being able to access information is a wonderful thing. But the stress that I put on in the book, that I put on actually accessing wisdom is a very, very different matter. Wisdom and the accessing of it is a matter of being able to go inside and hear that that quiet voice within. And that quiet voice doesn't necessarily step forward if you are watching YouTube video after YouTube video or you know doing your latest posting on Facebook or Twitter. Sure. All of that stuff and I'm you know I'm I'm not uh, believe me I'm not casting aspersions. My own life, I find that it is very, very cluttered if I let it be. And I personally take a fast from media at least once a week. And what that means is that I don't go on the computer, I don't go on my cell phone, and and I, I've taken to, rather than walking into an event or a class or... Um, a party with my cell phone, I leave it in the car or I leave it at home because that's not what I need in that moment. What I need is actual human interaction. The other thing about technology is that, as you probably know, um, there are these electromagnetic fields. Yes. And the electromagnetic fields are higher when we sit at our computers or when we sit in front of the television, or when we hold a cell phone up to our ears. And that is activating our central nervous systems and therefore the, the ductless glands in our bodies in a very different way than we're accustomed to. Now, on one side, I believe that there is a part of our human species evolution that is being served by that, but I do believe also that we're seeing a lot more incidents of cancer and stress-related diseases that are based on electromagnetic fields. So being able to get away from your devices, being able to take a fast from them, being able to actually enforce that if you have a family where you know you come to the table, no, you don't text while you're at the table. Oh, God, no. no, leave your iPod in your room, you can listen to it after dinner, that sort of thing. I believe that it, it's so very important for us as human beings to continue to relate to one another one-on-one. You know, I find it so mind-baffling when I go into restaurants and you have families sitting down for a nice family dinner and everyone's got their little iPods out or their cell phones and they're texting instead of spending valuable time, precious time with their family. It, it just boggles my mind. Well, and I do believe that there is a certain, um, there's a certain factor within this time frame that we're experiencing right now, which is about it being new, it being something that allows for individuals to fundamentally to 
see in their own head, in their own trip, in their own mind, in their own realm, even while they are in in front of other people. I know if I were a teenager mm-hmm. now with all of these devices available to me, I absolutely would have my head sucked up into them as much as I could have because there was discomfort in that whole process of being an adolescent. And so I was looking for comfort. As it is, I was on the phone, and my parents had to you know, lay down the law about that. Now there's so much that is available to kids that laying down the law is a little bit harder, but I believe that it will in the long run within a family unit be good for that family unit to just have those zones like the dinner table or dining out or those those instances where it's not you know kids look it's not about texting your friends wait do that after we're in this circumstance when you know that this is sacred time and i believe that that will actually help the family dynamic Hopefully it'll help because, you know, kids uh, kids have wills of their own. And you know what mom and dad try and take care of at home when the child is out? It's a whole new ball game. <laughs> That's true. Speaking from experience. <laughs> it sounds like you speak from experience. I do. I certainly do, both as a child and as a parent. And how can a person grow through the difficult changes we're seeing, LD, such as the loss of a job or a relationship, by understanding them as part of their soul's curriculum? You know, it's it's interesting because I have gotten a lot of questions recently from clients specifically wanting to understand how individuals in Japan, for example, can deal with this notion that what they're experiencing, the tragedy, the loss, the devastation, the case, possibly be a part of the soul's curriculum. And I want to just go on record now as saying that I don't feel cold or discompassionate about individuals who go through difficulties in terms of their soul's curriculum. But I do feel as though this lens, the lens of understanding Mm -hmm. that the soul guides us, to our ultimate conclusion, which is to return to oneness, oneness with the divine source. So consequently, because the soul is immortal, and because the soul comes in and assumes a body, assumes a context, it's not as though the soul doesn't care whether you are hurt or hurting or confused or stressed out or fearful. It cares, but its aim is the aim of guiding you very surely, steadfastly, compassionately through all of the many different lessons, if you will, or challenges that come up in an individual's life. There's then the aspect of group soul, which it's harder to talk about that, but there are individuals who come in at a similar time or in a similar culture, and they, as a culture, agree within that grouping of souls that there will be a leap forward for their 
for their species in that particular context. So right now, for an individual who is faced with loss of job or divorce or losing their home, what I would say is that it's so very important, critical in fact, to have a practice where you bring yourself back to the present tense. You can't solve the problems that are behind you, and you can't really solve the problems that are in the future unless you are fully present and seated in the now because there's where your creativity is. There's where the access is to what the soul is striving to bring you to as far as understanding is concerned. And again, I speak from experience in my own life because, you know, it, it hasn't been a cakewalk here. Sure. I have had my own challenges that I've had to go through. And what I have found very, very profoundly is that if I will step back from the thing that I'm confronting, and instead of taking it personally, and instead of identifying with the sort of rat cage um, mentality of the altered ego, mm -hmm. which continually goes on and on and on about, well, if we, do, if we do this, or if we do that, or what if this happens, and maybe I could say this, or maybe I could... All of that is the altered ego trying to make you feel safe. But that's not where safety is. Safety is in understanding that you are forever and that as an, as a, an energy, as a, a consciousness that is forever, sitting in that consciousness provides you with grace, peace, ease, and access to greater abundance and opportunity. It's, it's amazing to think that life as we know it, is is temporary, and yet life, spiritually, never dies. And that's something that, you know, a lot of people say, well, how do I, how do I take that mm -hmm. on faith? How is it that I can actually, I want to believe that, but how do I actually associate to that as being truth? And really, I think that we're living in a very special time because now it's not just the spiritual teachers mm -hmm. or the preachers or the gurus who are saying this very same thing. It's our scientists. It's our physicists. They are saying, all right, energy we can see is neither created nor destroyed. All right, stand by, LD. I've got to take my news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation LD Thompson is our special guest. DivineArtsMedia.com or LDThompson.com. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. I heard the choir singing Something about goodwill toward me Hi, this is Ken Elliott. When I'm floating around the universe, I always try to tune in to Rob McConnell. Hey, ho there, Trinity Frog on Sesame Street. When I want to find out what's going on with UFOs or ghosts, I listen to The X-Zone with Rob McConnell. This is Les Corrigan from Target Internet Development. You're listening to Rob McConnell on The X-Zone Radio Show. This is John Hogue, Prophecy Scholar, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in The X-Zone. Well
What up, Judah? This is um, Javis, like Davis, but with a J. Um, tune into the On the Mic with Slice podcast. That will be airing every day, dropping a new show every day. That will be on um, a Spotify, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. Whenever you get a chance, you want to learn more about your spirituality. Um, just remember, I got um, Yahweh by the crown, Adam by the tree. Yahweh being Yahweh is my savior. Judah walks with me. Tune in. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, Exxon TV, and our affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com and our website, www.exxon.com. TV.com. My guest this hour is L.D. Thompson. He is the author of The Message, A Guide to Being Human. Two websites, Exxon Nation, www.artsmedia.com and idthompson.com. I'm sorry, ldthompson.com. And L.D., you recently traveled to Afghanistan, Jordan, and Syria to work on a film about women of Islam. Now, what's the most important thing you learned, and what should we understand? I think that the most important thing for us to understand about the Middle East, and and that's rather a, a, a large sweeping generalization when I say the Middle East, but I think that the most important thing for individuals here in the West to understand is that these people are good, simple, kind people. 
people who are striving to be, they're striving to have a good life and they're striving to be good people. So a lot of the, the demonization that is, that is done, I think it's misplaced. I, mostly what I saw was individuals whose impulse toward spirituality mm-hmm. gets translated into their impulse to religiosity simply because that's what is presented to them. That's not different than it is here in the West, in that so many of us grow up in the context of a religious home, you know, uh, perhaps Protestant, perhaps Catholic, perhaps Mormon, perhaps Jewish. It doesn't, it, 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 those contexts provide for us our initial experience of spirituality. But at the basis, I feel that every human being has an impulse to understand their divinity. And I believe that that's what's going on there in the Middle East as well. Granted, there, there are individuals there who are bad actors. There are people here in the West who are bad actors as well, and who use their impulse to spirituality, to understand their divinity, as, a, as an opportunity to try to corner the market on, on intelligence and the answer, so to speak. And really, one of the things that I say in the book is that every individual has to understand that looking through their own lens, that's their view of the divine. And everything that they come into contact with as far as philosophy or values, they need to, to hold that up against their own innate wisdom. I feel like if every individual could just for a moment toss out all of their conditioning, all of their programming, mm-hmm. and ask themselves the simple question, what do I know? What do I know to be true? the world would shift overnight because basically what most people know is simple things like live and let live, simple things like the golden rule, do unto others as you would have done unto you. Those are things people really deeply, profoundly understand themselves. It's all of the elaboration that happens in so many religious contexts that creates this, well, it creates um, (laughs) the inclination for people to sort of set up forts, and they get behind their forts and they say, I'm protected here by my religion, and that's not at all it. So, so much that's misunderstood about the Middle East, I believe, is based in that context. It must have been amazing for you uh going to all these places, Afghanistan, Jordan, and Syria. And what do you think about the present crisis in Libya and what's ha- what we've seen in Egypt, Tunisia? What are we seeing? Well, in actuality, though I'm deeply um, moved by those who have put themselves on the line to bring about change there, yeah. and I, I, I want to honor them, more than anything, I feel a sense of excitement 
And the excitement, of course, you know, I'm thousands and thousands of miles away from the chaos and the turbulence there, so it's easy for me to be excited. But I feel like at the at the essence of what's going on there is people saying enough is enough of the old order, and we want a new order. We want new freedoms. We want our ability to be heard. We want the ability to have an opportunity to live an abundant life. And so the the, the challenge mm-hmm. I feel that we are facing as a global community is supporting that impulse to freedom, that impulse to growth and evolution through revolution, but at the same time for us to be aware that out of chaos, the new order that forms could be, it's possible that the new order that forms could could take a few steps back. And that's when our responsibility as individuals who are a part of the global community is to continue to be a voice for activism, for um, transformation, for opportunity for these people to have the lives that they actually want to live. And, you know, of course, it's again, it's easy for me to say that. It's another thing for me to say to uh, someone else, well, become a documentary filmmaker like I am, or be a journalist like you know, someone who has put themselves on the line to go there. And that may not be possible for an individual who is who has a family to raise or they are dwelling in a context where they can't just upturn their you know, overturn their life as it is and go to Libya or go to Egypt. But we all have access, most of us have access to the internet. Most of us have access to our pocketbooks to support those efforts by individuals who are really supporting the... Okay, LD, now let me ask you this. With all the violence in the news each and every day, such as the recent shootings in Tucson, Arizona, we've been watching the disaster in Japan unfold. We uh, were watching a massive missile strike against Libya. What is the spiritual perspective uh, that we should take in the face of such violence on a daily basis? One of the things that I have come to understand about violence is that we as a race, um, we have a really long history of violent events and and our, our history has been very marred by violence, but at the same time, violence also is something that if you look back, you can see that it prompts evolution. And it may be a rather provocative thought, but I actually feel that violence is born of a very profound spiritual impulse. And I know that sounds completely cracked and counterintuitive, but if you'll let me explain, I will try to. Fundamentally, I believe that every individual longs and yearns to be one Mm -hmm. again with the divine source. And when I speak about the divine source, I'm talking about that fundamental intelligence that inhabits the entirety of the universe of which we as souls are born. 
and violence as an act is usually born of fear. And fear, in its understanding, is something that every individual feels at some point in their life. Often they feel it throughout their entire life. But the that fear then prompts individuals to try to control their environment and to, in some way, make their environment fit their picture of what it would be like to feel safe, to feel like they are at one with the divine source. And so though it seems like a really crazy way to go about it, I feel that violence is born of that fundamental impulse to return to safety, to return to the Godhead. And so in, in taking that, that impulse to return to the Godhead, it just takes a sort of a bad turn. And, you know, bad, I'm using that, that word sort of lightly. It takes a turn, which if we don't judge it, is a turn that eventually will prompt growth and change, and it prompts evolution within our species. Does that make sense to you at all? Actually, it does. It makes a lot of sense. Now, also tell me, how do you create space for peace and meditation in your home? Because, you know, there's a lot of homes today that have all these electronic gizmos that you and I were talking about earlier today. There you have the, electro the, the electromagnetic field around them. Uh, you, you've got noise outside. You've got noise inside. It just seems that you can't get any peace anywhere. So how do you make peace? How do you make the space for peace and meditation in such a busy environment? You know, I, I would say that the simple answer is by making it a priority. And I will refer to my earliest moments of learning to meditate. Mm -hmm. I was living in New York City at the time, and I knew that I could not sustain the stress level that I was living in. And New York City, I'm sure you're quite aware, is not a quiet place. No, it's not. And I found uh, that, you know, when I first learned to meditate, mm -hmm. I found that my body, just, let's just talk about my body for a moment. My body was hungry for that simple act of stilling the mind enough that I could rest, that I could relax for 20 minutes twice a day. I don't know of an individual who would not value that. The thing is that people hear the word meditation and they think, oh, I can't do that. Oh, meditation, it's so special. And, and people have visions and they hear voices and, and you know, the, the heavens open up to them. That'll never happen for me. And the truth of it is that meditation is something that is native to every individual. It has happened natively to everybody, whether it's when they were listening to a piece of music or whether it was some moment when they were captivated by the beauty of a sunset or whether it happened when they were sitting one time with friends and they were staring at a candle and their friends were talking and they dropped for three minutes into a little, a little light altered space mm -hmm. that I call meditation. So 
it's, it's native to us. Ritualizing meditation and creating the clear space in one's home to do it can be as simple as having a pair of earplugs by your bed and the first thing you do in the morning is you sit up in bed and instead of getting out of bed, you put those earplugs in your ears and you sit there and for 20 minutes you listen to your breath and repeat a, a simple mantra. Uh, the very simplest is so hum, which on the inhale... All right, now listen, you and I have to take a commercial break. Please stand by L.D. Thompson as our guest, and we'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Explanation, our guest this hour has been L.D. Thompson. He's the author of The Message, A Guide to Being Human. His website is www.divineartsmedia.com and www.ldthompson.com. First of all, L.D., it's great having you here on the show. I sincerely appreciate your time. I know that you're a very busy man, and I wish you much success with your new book. But I guess my final question for you tonight is, how can we stay connected for to our soul's purpose and our humanity through our sense of community and love for family and friends. I would say that as we were talking before in the previous segment about meditation, mm-hmm. that's one of the simple ways to stay connected with our souls and to understand its values. The thing about the soul's value and its understanding is that if we recognize that the soul is fearless, that the soul has a profound wisdom, that the soul is natively intuitive, Mm -hmm. that the soul is compassionate, non-judgmental, those things then, if we hold those values and live those values, associate to those values, then family and community, that falls into line very, very easily. So I, I can't stress enough the value in taking that time to be still in one's own home or, you know, for that matter, when I was first learning to meditate, I would sometimes sit at a subway stop and I would close my eyes and I would take that time to just focus on either a mantra or my breath or some part of my body just to still myself because our lives are so frantic and so 
bombarded with so many images and so much input, mm -hmm. it's so very important to bring it back to the basics, to bring it back to love, to bring it back to compassion, to bring it back to the simple gratitude for having the opportunity to go through our soul's curriculum and learn what our soul wants us to learn so that we can come to the end of this particular lifetime in a body and have the goods, so to speak, have the wisdom that we came here to gain. I guess John Lennon was right. All we need is love. You know, I would have to agree. <laughs> he was a very wise man Certainly on many was. levels. LD, it's been a great pleasure talking to you tonight, uh, tonight. And as I said, I wish you much success, and I'd love to have you back on in the future. Thank you so much. I'll look forward to that, and peace and blessings. Take care, LD. Great talking to you. Exonation Nation, LD Thompson has been my guest this hour. His new book is entitled The Message, A Guide to Being Human, www.divineartsmedia.com and www.ldthompson.com. I'll be back on the other side of the commercial break with the news as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Tune into the On the Mic with Slice podcast. That'll be airing every day, dropping a new show every day. That will be on um, a Spotify, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. Whenever you get a chance, you want to learn more about your spirituality. Um, just remember, I got um, Yahweh by the crown, Adam by the tree. Yahweh being Yahweh is my savior. Judah walks with me. Tune in. <laughs> 